The Colorado Inn and KFKA present Rams Weekly. Brought to you by Marinda Simpson State Farm Insurance. Here's Brady Hull and Kevin Lido. Welcome into Rams Weekly. Brought to you by Marinda Simpson at State Farm Insurance. I am Brady Hull. We've got the one and only Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado. We're moving around here. We gotta be able to look. I just at each wanted other. to see your beautiful face, Brady. <laughs> we gotta be able to see each other, Kevin. I, I saw I saw you at five fifteen a.m. this morning. That was Man. a shock to this the is, system. We saw each other bright and early, well, not even bright. It was still. It was dark. not bright. It was, I mean, uh, the lights were bright. In the yeah, stadium. the lights were cool. You were on the whole show earlier, and now today, and we're probably gonna go hang out after this. So. This is a, a lot big, of, big hangout day. It's a big hangout day. We've definitely never hung out 5.15 a.m. at Canvas Stadium That's before. a first. Yeah. That was a first. It was. I'm glad that I went and checked it out. Now, you you committed through the whole thing. Like, you followed the ra- – I lost track of them, and then I was like, I don't – I'm just going to go. So I just left. But I, I watched them march out of the – run out of the uh, stadium and everything and then take off down the, the Ram Walk Road there, of course, and then I just kind of – Lost lost track at that point. Yeah, right after they kind of left campus, I found them. What street were we on? It was very early. Elizabeth, I think it was. And man, the, those runner the the ROTC members that get the first leg, it is dark, dark. And yeah. you know, most of those kind of side city streets don't have much lights. Now they do have a cop escort, and they have their support van kind of backline them, so it's not like they're blind or anything. But that's an interesting little run early on. I mean, it's probably. I don't want to say spooky, like it's not like a, you have police or danger or anything, but it's kind of weird, like run through a ghost, you know, a college town at 5 a.m. There's not much going on at, at that time of day. So the start of the run is pretty fascinating to me, honestly. Yeah, I, I think it is a, a very cool concept, the the fact that they do this and run and meet and they meet up at a central spot between uh, between uh, Colorado and Wyoming. I, I absolutely love it. Or Fort Collins and, and, and Laramie. I think it's so cool. Um, but yeah, it was it was neat to see Coach Norvell talk to the talk to the ROTC members as well, and it's a fun thing. I think it's even more magical, and I know the ROTC members are not going to like it, but when it's snowing, we've <laughs> seen some of those in the snow. In the That's past. true. I, yeah, they probably do not enjoy that for for make. the run. But I mean, snow foes we saw in the in the game last week against Air Force. Man, things just look epic. Oh, like, they do. It looks pretty cool. So. Everything looks better in the snow. Yeah, no doubt. It it, it makes for cool. And I mean, it's a it's a pretty drive slash run um, from Fort Collins to the state line. You know, you you go through some pretty cool little scenery. So yeah, throw some snow in it, and that's that's pretty nice. So Kevin, what is it? Is it sixty five miles? Is that what? I think it's yeah. I think the total is like sixty five. I think CSU's leg, um, it's longer. I think it's thirty eight, and Wyoming's is a little bit less. As CSU was pointing out often this week. It was all uphill this year when it's CSU, you know, Wyoming, or uh, excuse me, Fort Collins going to Laramie. That's a long uphill trek. And then Wyoming just kind of cruise controls it downhill, you know, short little jog and just nice little 30 miler. I think that was kind of a fun thing uh, with the rivalries. Uh, keep in mind, we're stronger than them because we're running. We're actually going to run more than them. Um, did you figure out the question? We I did not. I have not found the answer. I'm going to have to keep digging if that game ball is actually a game ball that will be game balled in the game. <laughs> so Jay Norvell out there giving the speech hands the ball off to uh, an ROTC guy and then that guy takes the ball and then they just hand yep. it around to whoever's yep. running. 
And Kevin and I were wondering, is that actually the game ball? Yeah, game? it's a good question. Yeah. I, I need to ask. I'll have to – maybe I'll check in with the, some of the equipment folks when we're up in Laramie tomorrow for the game. But you have to wonder if air's popping out of that thing. Is there running? And then you yeah. have to refill it with air. And then yeah. we get into a Tom Brady thing. Next thing you know. Maybe they have to have uh, you know everyone get together, both ROTCs together, you know, supervise, make yep. sure there are no shenanigans. I think that's exactly with the inflating of the the footballs. So they run that out. How ma- how many miles like per uh, member? Like each I guy. I, I wonder if I have this in in the story. Let miles? me let me check this. But yeah, each so the, basically You've it's like all this it's like there. a group of four um, runs it. And and yeah, I, th- I think it's like a mile half, two mile or something group before they uh, trade off. They have, like I said, that support van where they can kind of r- rotate through the whole squad. Um, but yeah, it it depends on what leg you get. I, at one point, I was photograph- f- photographing sort of at the top of a hill, and then they have a big down. But then you see the next up, and it is steep. And probably like a two mile straight uphill. It's like, ooh, if you draw that. Wow. So I kind of wonder if, like, as they're mapping it, do they sit there and, like, draw straws of who gets which leg? Because some of them are much different than others, that's for sure. Wow. Hey, what a cool thing it is. And then, of course, a fun event. 5 30 is when they began their journey this morning. And uh, then Jay Norvell and Craig Bull meet in the middle somewhere. And. Away we go. We get yep. ready to start this thing tomorrow night. Yep, and and they had a little chat. They were joking and and having fun with each other. I think it goes to what I said on the whole show earlier. Those two do have genuine respect. You know, you can usually tell when it's you know, oh, the cameras are on. We need to you know smile and nod and shake hands, and all that. But you could tell there's a genuine respect there, and um, you know, I, I don't know if it's friendship. I don't think they hang out outside of football, so to speak. But I think they do. You know, appreciate what each other do and and bring to football and everything like that. So there is genuine respect there. It's funny. They were so comatose. CSU's cannon made the trip also. Uh, They didn't have to haul that while they were running. That would be too much. That would be tough. But they fired off a couple times, um, but they they fired it while Craig Bull was speaking at the border. I I forget what he said. Some some classic phrases like, oh, golly gee. (laughs) <laughs> that one scared me. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, they're going to give Craig Bull a heart attack firing that thing while he's speaking. Oh. And grant all of us. It never fails. When, when you don't know it's coming. Ooh. And especially with how it, it kind of reverberates around yeah. at the border there. Well, in the, in the in the press box at Canvas, Kevin, even when I know what happens, it does not matter. It, scares, it gets me almost every time. Oh, yeah. It, it was funny. Uh, 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 the reporter for the Colorado Springs Gazette covering Air Force last week. Uh, he just about jumped out of his uh, seat when it went off uh, pregame last oh, week it, for the Air Force game. It gets me, and that's I try to focus on it, and then when I just kind of lose my focus, I'm like, oh, there's a touchdown scored. Oh, my gosh, what was that? It's scary. Comatose is a stunner. Yeah, it really is. Um, Kevin, before we start moving on to the actual game, the Border War on Friday night, 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. I have a question for you about last week. Since I was not yeah. there, I was, of course, in a wedding, in Tanner's wedding. Uh, Mike Brohard and I, you know well, yep. we were going at it earlier this week, and I wasn't happy with the fact that the referees penalized Colorado State as a team for the fans throwing snowballs. What I would have rather seen, because ultimately, the refs told the students to move back, right? Yep. So why not do that first before you penalize them? That would be my next thing. If the room allows for it, you go up and you tell them, guys, sorry, you can't. We're punishing you. We're not going to punish the team. They did it anyway, so why not just do it? Yeah, no, I, I, I wondered that as well. I, I also, I don't know if it's the flip side, but 
could should CSU have taken preemptive action at halftime and said, you know, our team might get penalty, so let's call our security team, tell them, yeah. move the students up a bit to avoid this. Again, it's easy. It's almost like when we analyze some of the football, it's easy to do that in hindsight. Of like, well, why didn't you do this? It's a weird situation. I, you know, I've had several people and trustworthy ones say, you know, there were some Air Force people in that crowd throwing snowballs, Trojan horse situation. But they also don't deny CSU people had and were as well. Um, just a weird deal. It was important. I mean, that drive for Air Force to score was big. Now, would they have scored without it? Maybe. And Maybe. they'd already got one big play. Who knows? But it did put Air Force at midfield. Yeah, it helped. That's a team you can't, you cannot give yeah. yards to. It helped. Uh, you know, I'm certainly not going to say it swung the game or anything. I think that's too dramatic. But it wasn't an insignificant penalty, and I've never seen it. And, you know, it went kind of viral, and most people seem to say like, "Oh, that's weird." Obviously, it's not the first snow game that's no. ever happened. Um, so, just a weird situation. I'm, I'm still kind of torn on like. There's not. A I, I want to say blame do. assigning because you know that's petty, but yeah, could the refs have handled it differently? Could CSU have handled it differently? You certainly wish people in the crowd would self police, but again, that's asking a lot too. Especially you know, if you're a student, yeah, are you going to call out another student? And be like, hey, stop doing that. You know, that's hard. You know, it's it, easy again for us to say, but that's awkward. It is awkward, and and that's the thing. Like, because I had brought up, well, if 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 room allows, you move them back. And, and there was because you know it wasn't huge given the conditions. conditions it wasn't packed, all that stuff. But and one of the other pushbacks I got was no, one of the, those rules need to be like a uniform deal because then what if it's a full house and you can't move them back and then yeah. you're going to penalize? So that's not fair. That team got penalized for it because they're basically being penalized twice because they're filling up the stadium. Yeah. So I get that side, but man, I just I hate the idea that you're getting penalized for something that's out of your control. Yeah, it is. I asked Jay Norvell after a game, and he obviously was displeased. Um, generally, he... Yeah, ba- what did he say? He basically said... It, he kind of shook his head, said, you have to ask the conference about that. Mm. Uh, which, yeah. Reading between the lines, that, that tells you he, he was not a big fan of the penalty. And you can totally understand. It's, you know, it's one thing when your team commits a personal foul or whatever. You can, even if, you, you know, you can either disagree with the call or you can be like, why did we do that? That's stupid. No one did anything wrong, you know, that he has any control over, That's and the they still got part. punished. So, yeah. so, yeah, I think he was probably frustrated in a lot of different ways, you know, probably with the referees on how it was applied. You know, I don't know this, but probably some frustration, you know, with the crowd of like, God, can we not just stop this? But yeah, just a weird situation. It was. I wanted to get your your thoughts on that one, of course. And again, for more border war stuff, pictures, write ups, information, Kevin's going to have that for you at the Colorado and check him out online to coloradoan.com. When we come back, we're going to start diving into the actual border war. This is a huge game, really, for both teams. If Wyoming gets the win. Well, they've locked in their bowl game, uh, bowl game at least, at least a bowl shot. Uh, and then they still keep themselves alive as far as getting up there for a potential shot at the conference championship. They still need some help. For CSU, they're pretty much out of that race. Uh, they yeah. would need a, everything to go perfect uh, on that side. Everyone need to lose. They need to win out. But they're still looking to get into a bowl game. And they got a lot of work to do. They're sitting at three and five, and there's four. What are there? Four games remaining, Kevin. So a lot of work to do for the Colorado State Rams. We'll discuss that game. What do the Rams need to do to pull off the dub against UW? We'll be right back. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice, one hundred three point one and thirteen ten KFKA.
Welcome back into Rams Weekly, presented by Miranda Simpson and State Farm Insurance. Shout out to our wonderful producer back there, Micah Kilpatrick. He is he's great, isn't he, Kevin? He's awesome. The best. He's the best. Uh, Kevin Lytle, I'm Brady Hole. We're looking at the border war coming up on Friday night. And just a little programming note, we normally replay this show on Saturdays, but Kevin, that would be silly. Well, it will be over. It would make us look really smart or more likely really not smart. We'd have to go. I was like, Micah could just edit over everything we say and make it sound like it's a recap show rather than a preview show. Yeah, that would be an easy edit, right? Yeah, it didn't seem like he wanted to do anything like that. Hmm. So we're going to have something in there for the moment. Uh, Fat Guys at the Movies, I believe, on Saturday. And then we'll get back to uh, Rams Weekly. You can hear it on Thursdays, Saturdays, and, of course, the podcast, 1310kfk.com, Spotify, all of that. All right, Kevin, here we go. Looking at this first, let's look at Wyoming first. Um, This was my fear with the Cowboys. Not really. And if you're a Rams fan, you're like, why are you worried? Yeah, whatever. They are five and three, and they battled against a lot of really solid teams this year. They beat Texas Tech. They they battled against Texas. That was a tie football game until the yeah, fourth quarter. They played really well. Um, you know, and they, they had some great. They beat Fresno State twenty four to nineteen, and now Fresno State. Look at them seven and one. So my fear with them was, here they go, they're going to show everybody why they might be a Mountain West Championship kind of team, or at least get into the game, but they might, they're might they probably going to drop one in a bad way. And Air Force, you can understand, that made sense. Air Force is the top 25 team, and the top 20 team in the country. They get absolutely smoked by Boise State, and this kind of just seems like this is what happens to Wyoming. They They make people believe, and then they drop one like that. And then they got to work their way back up. Yeah, and this is why you get some angst from Wyoming fans uh, in a lot of seasons, really, is it feels like they peak a little bit of, or maybe ceiling is like a 7-8 win team, but they can't get to, yeah, like a championship type of level. Yeah. Yeah. Different problems for different folks. I mean, CSU fans would happy to be worrying about only winning seven or eight games every year. But Wyoming has been doing a long time, but haven't really got over that um, threshold. And yeah, I think I think part of it is the offensive frustration of again. I think some fans feel that the team is capped because the offense just is what it is. You know, they yeah. run pretty well, don't throw it very well, and if you can kind of shut down the run, you know, they're they're just not very explosive, basically, um, and that limits them at times. Yeah, we ain't up, Boise. I know this Boise team's down a bit. They still may go win nine, ten games, though, uh, with how the schedule falls. Sure, yeah. Craig Bowl kind of said after the Boise game that he got a vibe that his players sort of thought, like, oh, Boise's not very good this year. We're going to walk in and kick their butts, and um, it was a reverse kick in there. Yeah. So you kind of wonder just the mental side there of, you know, kind of what happens in a game like that. But, yeah, Wyoming's just a funky team because they do a lot of things well. They tend to win, you know, games like the Texas Tech game. They find a way to win those. But then, yeah, there's always a hiccup or two. That offensive line is no joke. I mean, I, yeah. again, I know they didn't play well at all against Boise State. Harrison Whaley, good running back. We've seen some big games for him. He gets banged up before the Broncos game, plays in the Broncos game, and they just couldn't do anything. 
So yeah. yeah, I mean, they only had what 117 or yeah. something yards of total offense, not just rushing. That's total offense. That's that's rough. And that's the thing with Peasley, the quarterback. There, you you do see him. He he makes some really critical throw. He makes a big play. I mean, that into that Texas Tech game. Oh, it was he took a he took a shot too and still completed that pass. So we see it. He's very tough and not to steal a CSU Jay Norvell term, but he's a very gritty type quarterback. But he's not one that's really going to fill up the stat sheet uh, week in and week out. He's just he's a solid quarterback, but he's not one of those that lights the world on fire. Now on the on the CSU side, Kevin, the big story that I'm interested in. You brought this up on the whole show earlier. Is that Tory Horton is banged up? He yeah. is hurt, but you might give it a go. We're not quite sure yet. Maybe maybe when this airs on podcast, we'll we'll know. But as of right now, as we talk, you know, five twenty two on a Thursday on the second of November. We know that Tory's hurt. We don't know if he's playing or not. Yeah, yeah. Tory he he was first injured in the UNLV game a couple weeks ago. Played through that. Uh, Pre limited in practice last week. Um, during warm ups before the Air Force game, I was watching him catching punts. He could just tell he was not comfortable every time he would catch one. He kind of clutch at his side a bit. So you're wondering. And then sure enough, first pass. He gets. If I'm remembering, I think he got hit kind of on the side there. And immediately left. And then from there on was kind of spotty. He would go in for a little bit, but then come out. And then he took another shot later in the game and ended up you know, leaving for the rest of the game. So, yeah, it, it seems like he's going to be banged up probably the rest of the season. I mean, I'm not, you know, they haven't exactly defined what the injury is, but it seems like it's probably not something that two or three days of not practice you know, heals it up. Will he play Friday? We don't know. You know, shortened week means Monday is the last time Jay Norvell talks. So there's a lot of you know time between Monday sure, and Friday. Yeah. Um, you know, just knowing Tory, I would guess he'll try and gut it out, but there's no way he'll be a hundred percent. I think that's probably a safe bet. And how much can he play? Will they use him sort of in spot duty of like, hey, you know, a series here, a series there, well, you know, a decoy, you know, there, there are some options on the table. So you need other guys to step up. I mean, obviously, Dallin Holker is one of the obvious ones. Tory or not, you'll probably need him to be good. Uh, but really, to me, Justice Ross Simmons, Lewis Brown, two young guys, huge potential. They've each had big games at times this year, but they haven't done it week to week, which in some ways makes sense because they're you know second or third or third or fourth options. But you really need them to step up and and be consistent options for for Brain Fowler, Nick Losey. Get open, make catches, make tough catches, make plays after the catch. Uh, you know, Dylan Goffney's the one, another one that mix. He's yeah. come on a bit. Seems like if he starts a game well, he can be good. Um, but you're gonna need some guys to step up because it'd be great for CSU if Tory Horton can drop a you know 12 reception 110 yard game, but that's probably not something you should count on. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, there's there's plenty of guys that are capable of producing some big games. But we other than Holker, we haven't seen necessarily that consistency that we see like with Holker and, and Tory Horton. Although Justice Ross Simmons is starting to put yeah, together, he had the big touchdown last sure. week. You know, yeah. That, can help on confidence. Yeah, so there's potential there, and and I'm excited to see who does step up because I mean I'm just not going to get my hopes up for the Tory Horton thing. Yeah, you know, I think that's probably best. Like it, again, if you if you get a big day out of him, that's awesome. But counting on that feels um, like chasing shadows a bit. Kevin, how how big of a win? Obviously, I know this is a rivalry game, and I know that they lost to Air Force and they lost to CU. How, how monumental of a win would this be, not just for CSU, but for Jay Norvell? Huge. Um, 
I'll just read basically my keys to the game that will publish Friday morning. Basically, this is a huge swing game. Now, CSU could lose and still make a bowl. Their final three games are all winnable after this one. But if you win this game, a few things happen. One, I think the bowl likelihood would be very high. They would need two more, win two of those three. You have Hawaii, you have Nevada, you have a struggling San Diego State. That seems like you should be able to get at least two. So one, you have that. Then two, a rivalry. CSU is 1-18 and against Wyoming, Air Force, and Colorado from 2016 to now. Wow. And the only win, it counts, but it was the empty stadium COVID game in the Dazio era that it counts, but it definitely felt different. Even Henry Blackburn on Monday, who was in that game, won that game, said eh, it was a different vibe. Like, Basically, I want to get the boot with people there. Yeah. Uh, so, so the rivalry struggles are monumental. So, win would not eliminate those, but would at least give a good vibe uh, at the end of you know the third of three rivalries this season. You would also have both Wyoming and Boise wins this year, which are probably the top two that fan well two of the top three outside Colorado that fans would have wanted. So, if your season ends with a bowl. A Boise win and a Wyoming win, people are feeling pretty darn good. Yeah. If your season ends with no rivalry wins and not a bowl, ee, people Boise are State feeling people are feeling less good. Now there is an in between there. If you get none of the rivalry wins but do have the Boise and make a bowl, you know, that would kind of be okay ish. But but this is Certainly a big swing. I think if CSU wins this game, whole tenor of the season changes. Kind of goes back to that question too. If if one of the other happens, you know, what would you rather have? Beating beating a rival or or going getting into a bowl game? If beating a rival means you might not might not be as successful, who knows? Uh, we got We're going to talk a little bit about how big of a stretch is coming up for Colorado State and all that. Kind of a go off of what Kevin said about big opportunity for Jay Norvell and company against Wyoming. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Just four games remaining. For Colorado State, including the border war taking place on Friday night. And it is just a huge game. Kevin, having uh, I had Jack Howell on his weekly show on, on Tuesday. And it was amazing to me. He was he was upbeat. He was, he was really in good spirits. I honestly think that what he said was true. Even though they lost to Air Force, they didn't want to lose to Air Force. It, it sucked. They turned the page quicker than maybe they ever have on a loss because they are so hungry for this game against Wyoming. I think that's a real thing. Yeah, I, I totally believe that for a few reasons. One, Wyoming's a much bigger rival. I don't think Air Force is a rival, it's to hard be honest. To even think I really it. don't. Like they're it's, on their own Yes, it's there. it's its own, you know, it's in the state, you're in the conference, you play every year. So in those ways, yeah. CSU has more in common with Utah State. They've played Utah State for forever. You know, CSU and Air Force have nothing in common, really, other than they've just shared a conference for forever. I really don't. I know there's a trophy, a weird one. I really don't think of it as a big rivalry. And then also, just X's and O's. Yeah, of course, you look at the film and whatnot from the Air Force game. But in some ways, especially for Jack and the defense, there's not that much that you take from that because 
you'll you you're not playing that team that style yeah. so it's not like there's even that much x and o's that you need to like look back on because you won't be playing the same defensive style and they didn't use a nickelback once last week because they're using a linebacker as a nickelback you're not gonna do that uh, i mean you, you actually my at times against wyoming but you get my point you you play a totally different style so yeah i think you quickly move on forget it jack is a colorado kid Obviously, his dad played in this game. Uh, he he gets you know what it means, and even the guys that aren't from Colorado and maybe this is new to them. Jacob Gardner, one of the Nevada transfers, on Monday he said, "You know what I remember is Wyoming dancing on our freaking logo with that trophy." So yeah, yeah, it's personal. It is, and you can you can feel the same thing up, um, up north too with Wyoming. I mean, I think Craig Bull and those players were kind of feeling the same way. They're like, "We got smoked by Boise, but." It's it's a short week. It's CSU. Like, yeah, I think it, I think it maybe it was Cody Tucker. I saw yeah uh, has story saying Bull brought the boot out on Sunday and said okay yeah you know, onto this yeah you know so that's less than twenty four hours after the Boise game and his you know basically let's go. It's interesting when you bring up the, when you were talking about the last you know the the record against rivals um, for for CSU getting that Wyoming win in twenty twenty which is as you said a weird year. It's been so di- – you know, the last time they went to a bowl game, Kevin, wasn't that 2017? Yep. So that was always the – even dating back to Mike Bobo, his first three years, he was going to bowl games, but he he struggled against the rival games. I think he, he won a couple his first year, and then after that he struggled. Yeah, um, and I w- it didn't fully cost him his job, you know, the overall losing did, but it was one of the main factors. Joe Parker even said that at the time because – you end up getting messed up because of COVID, but originally the next season, if Boba continued, the opener would have been Colorado. And Parker basically admitted he's like, I can't kind of stomach the idea of the pressure that he'll be under and will be under if we go, you know, spend the full off season talk about rivalries, and then if you open the season with a loss to a rival things would just be so toxic that's probably not tenable. So that's how bad the rivalry streak was under Bobo. So yeah, it, it, it it's still a cloud hanging over the program because again, Adazio won the one in the weird year, then lost the two the next season. Norvell hasn't won one yet, two last season. Uh, they're 0-2 this season. It's got to turn. It's so weird. Like It's one thing, you know, there are some of these uh, you know, where it's a, a group of five against a power five, which obviously CU and CSU are but most of these losses are against Air Force and Wyoming, which are just conference teams that you would think you'd be every now and then. Yeah, and that's just kind of part of what's been going on with CSU over these past few years. What is the meter or the gauge right now on Jane Orvell? Um, the the Rams sitting at 3-5, and five, obviously three wins last year, right? Yep. And so that's your first year, whatever. I think, and we have four games remaining, so you can still turn everything around. You can, like you said, you can beat a rival in Wyoming. You have the Boise State thing there, and then you still have a chance to get into a bowl game. That that really is a successful season. Oh yeah, if you look at where Big the Rams time. have been. But obviously, three and five, that could all go the other way. So, do you get like? I'm not asking if you think Jay's gone after this year. We know that's not the truth. Yeah. But does that you know where, where's that pressure on him? Right now, the the feeling that Rams have, uh, fans it's, have around Jay Norvell. It's definitely um, intensifying in angst, I guess, if you will. Uh, just within games, like social media reaction, it turns a little quicker. 
you get some of the pre you know, not to knock fans, but kind of traditional complaints of everyone likes to jump play calling right away. Like, that's a favorite thing. Uh, in-game management and people have such wildly different views that you get such wildly different thoughts on that. But it's all coming a little quicker, which just kind of tells you, sure. you know, the angst. So, yeah, I think especially with how this season's played out. I mean, CSU should have beat Colorado. Probably should have beat UNLV. Even the Utah State game, you could say they should have buried that and won that. So if this team, you know, before the season, I could have found a way to say, you know, if they win five, you might be all right and feel like, uh, you know, decent season. But with how it's played out, I think if this team doesn't make a bowl, it'll be pretty frustrating because they're good enough to. I mean, they just are. I, you know, I, I feel comfortable saying this team is, has the talent across the board to be a bowl team. Not an amazing team, not New Year's Six Bowl, but they should win six games with this schedule. Well, and, and Kevin, I tell you too, with BFN, and if you can just find a way to make this season productive, yeah. and that means probably, yeah, the pressure is on to get a bowl yeah. game at the very least, uh, and then the Wyoming thing would be awesome. With Braden Fowler Nicolosi, he is so young, so I think people would look at that and go, "There was stri- he made strides this year." Clay, for better or for worse, that offensive line, whatever, Clay didn't really show those strides. Yeah. BFN has shown us kind of the good, the bad, the ugly. We've seen really good stuff from him. We've seen bad. We've seen some ugly stuff too. Yeah, totally. It's it has been a, a roller coaster of inconsistency, which isn't a shock with a freshman. Quarterback, uh, you know, I mentioned the guys earlier, just trust Simmons, LB. Like, you have several key guys who are very young, too. So it's not a shock that's been up and down. The good thing is you have had a lot of ups, whereas last year there really weren't on offense other than, like, hey, Avery Morrow runs it well. That was basically the one bright spot on offense. Uh, You haven't – you've had a lot more, you know, positives this year as far as, you know, the explosiveness of the offense. Another thing that could come or would come with a bowl, you get more practices. Yeah. You know, so obviously the game and everything of whatever bowl would be kind of the highlight, but you know, getting a bunch of practices for BFN and those young receivers, you know, that would be helpful. It certainly wouldn't hurt. Yeah, so there's a lot still to go or to gain here yeah. for CSU. Huge November. This thing That's around. another CSU's been terrible in Novembers. I think it's four and sixteen over the last four mm. or five, whatever it is. And it's, you know, they've been playing meaningless games. Whereas again, the record's not great, but you can still get to a bowl right now. So it's one of the things Jay Norvell highlighted when he took over a program of we need to start finishing seasons well. Yeah, and, and it's setting up, I mean, outside of this Wyoming game tomorrow, which again I'm not saying they can't win that game. Um the spread has actually changed a little bit. It was seven. What's that now? Five and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, that's certainly a winnable Seven game. felt too high to me. It did feel like, especially what happens with these games. Well, and Wyoming doesn't blow teams out. No. Just their style. And kind of like we've talked with Air Force in some ways. And yeah, rivalry, I don't know. That that line felt, five and a half feels more where it should be yeah, to me. Yeah, I agree. But then after the Wyoming game, Kevin, it's, as you mentioned, San Diego State, Nevada, and Hawaii. Those are the three worst teams record-wise in the conference. San Diego State's really struggling. It's looking like uh, a... A coaching change. Wow. Um, How about that? Which, I mean, that's, yeah, what a shift. 
So they're struggling. You know, that's a game. Again, if you want to be a competitive bowl team, you have to win those games at home. You know, I don't care that San Jose State plays good defense. You know, historically they're pretty good. You have to find a way to win those. Nevada, they've won a couple straight. At one point, we were wondering if they could go winless. So they, they seem to still be playing hard for Ken Wilson. Uh, and obviously there's going to be juice to that game. Uh, Jay Norvell and Ken Wilson are not exchanging Christmas cards. So there's going to be fire to that oh, one. Yeah, yeah. But again, if you want to be a bowl team, you win that at home. And then Hawaii, um, two coaches that actually are exchanging Christmas cards because Norvell and Timmy Chang are good friends. But if if two. a bowl's on the line, you gotta win that, and you gotta go to Hawaii, which Tricky. you always know. And it's Thanksgiving week, makes, focus. Yeah, but those are winnable. All right, Kevin and I will look at the rest of the Mountain West coming up next. Final predictions for CSU Wyoming Friday night. So we'll look at that. It's Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 and thirteen ten KFK. Putting the finishing touches on our conversation about the 2023 border war. CSU, uh, Wyoming, Friday night, 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Kevin, personally, for me at this stage of my life, I'm I'm very happy about this game being on Friday night. I'm not personally not mad because... I'll kind of have a weekend with a little bit of time, which is rare. Yeah, Tanner and I, uh, Tanner Schwinn of Good Morning NoCo, we were arguing about this earlier, and uh, he hates it because you know he wants to go out and do stuff on Friday nights. So I'm like, dude, I'm a I'm a 37 year old dad. <laughs> I'm staying <laughs> home and I'm gonna watch games when they pop on. From a community standpoint, I don't love it. You know, Friday night sure, fo- high school that. football. It's playoff season. I believe this is the first week of playoffs in Wyoming. Obviously, we're in playoffs uh, here in Colorado, so I don't love that standpoint of it. Uh, but yeah, selfishly, I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> which I know no one cares about. But no, but you know, I think but, it's each. Person. But it's our radio show. So. Yeah, you kind of look at who who it impacts and all that stuff. But it is Friday night. That's what it is. The good thing you should get some eyeballs. There aren't obviously tons of Friday night college football games. So for those people that are just chilling at home looking for a game. You know, this is this is a good one to watch. Yeah. Or if you're in a bar chilling, watching a game, yeah, good no, one to watch. I think this is a big one. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. Cannot wait for it. Um, when we look at this game and the matchup, the final things. I know we've been talking about different things they need to do to get the win. And I think the biggest thing for CSU, Kevin, is just uh, we we know what they can do. We know defense can string together stops. They did it against Air Force. Can you do it, as Bradley Van Pelt said before the the Buffs game, can you do it for four quarters? Yeah, and do them together. There have been these stretches where the D is playing well, but the offense is bleh. Times where the offense move in, but the D is getting shredded. Man, if you can just combine those, and man, especially if you can do it early. You know, Boise whipped Wyoming last week, so... How will Wyoming and its fan base react if you come out, you know, big play, big play, big play, get a couple stops, be up 14 nothing or something? What will the reaction be? I, I think you'd love to find out if you're CSU, you know, put them in that challenge. I feel like and, you can do that. Yeah, and we know Wyoming wants to run the ball, all that type of stuff. So if you make it, make Peasley beat you. That's the thing. Um, Harrison Whaley showed us that he was, you know, and I'm not saying like he was superhuman before, but he was a really good running back. Yeah, there were games. He, he's where a player. I was like, yeah. Wow. Um, but against Boise State, it shows that if you can really get some get some uh, pressure and then mess with that offensive line, that's really good. Then mm-hmm. you can you can cause. Wild C- CSU flew to the ball last week, especially that first half. They, I mean, 
I know coach cliche of gang tackling and whatnot, but they were really flying to the ball last week. So if you can kind of carry that against a different style than Air Force, but that mentality, uh, you know, that that would be a good way to start because if you, again, get Wyoming behind the chains, make them be an aggressive passing team. And again, if, if Peasley makes those throws and beats you, you know, you kind of tip your hat. You just don't want to get beat by Whaley going for 220 and three touchdowns. Who do you think? Let's do something. We'll do a predictions and all that stuff coming up. But uh, I do something with Jack where after the game he gives me the his game players. Balls. Like game yeah. balls. Oh, I like fun. that. That's cool. It is pretty cool because get... I always joke with him. I'm like, dude, you know you can never give it to yourself. Like, you, could be, you could have like 18 <laughs> I was gonna interceptions. Say, I was going to say maybe Jack will have like a pick six to win the game or something. See if he just goes, eh, it's, I mean, let's be real, Brady. Right, it's like, me. <laughs> inter- yeah, it's me. It's all me. Uh, but, he would not, I feel like. <laughs> no. How about for you, though, Kevin, for, as far as predictions – on the offensive side of the ball, who do you think the man's going to be this weekend? I'm going to go Van Shield. Oh, he just takes over. The, he's been having some... I almost went just to Russ Simmons, which is probably a more logical choice. Van game, man. Well... Call, just, you know he's going to be fired up. Like a Wyoming game, it's built for him. The dude doesn't own sleeves. No, he I don't does think not so. own sleeves. Sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out. Not out moon's guns out, guns out. out. Yeah. Guns always out. He doesn't care. Always. I don't know. I feel like he's going to be fired up. Avery Morrow's still a little banged up. We'll see how much he plays. I know he's not. He runs his butt off. He runs really hard. He's not the most, you know, explosive. It doesn't make sense, but Van game. Let's go. I love it. And you know what? I'm waiting for JRS is the more logical pick, but Van game is the fun one. He's been having some good games. Now I'm just waiting for him. He had, what, like 81 against UNLV, I think? Yeah. So I like it. Um, How about on the defensive side of the ball? Where are you going with that? Somebody going to make a game-changing play or just give Peasley fits, get in the backfield? Ooh, I have a few thoughts. I'm going to go Chase Wilson. Okay. Uh, you feel like the linebackers have to play well, their run game and whatnot. Chase has a lot of tackles. Again, maybe I'm just leaning too heavy into the rivalry thing, another Colorado kid. Hey, it makes sense. But I don't know. Maybe maybe Chase can get in the backfield, cause some mayhem, you know, a couple big TFLs on Whaley, maybe uh, get a pressure on, on Peasley, cause a, a pick or something. Let's have Chase Wilson have a big game. Chase Wilson and Van Shield, I like it. Yeah, I, I didn't really mean to do it, but I just went all in on the Colorado. Hey, thing. it actually it makes sense. These are the guys they care about this thing, man. Yeah, why not? It, it is interesting to talking to like Jack Howell. We had uh, Kyle Bell on the show, mm. former CC running back, because you know he'll be fired up this weekend. It's been what twenty years since uh, since he broke that record for has it how long? Oh, ago? that's disturbing. Yeah, I think he might be right, but I don't yeah. like that at all. Well, Weld uh, with Weld Central there, and I was talking to him about you know his hate for Wyoming, and and part of that is. That they didn't want him. Jack said the same thing. He was told that he was too small hmm. and all that. So, so that's a that's a funny note because CSU fans love you know complaining when a Colorado kid is good for Wyoming. You don't think about the flip. There's some that go the other way. Yeah, uh, Jack Howell's a great example of like hmm, interesting. Yeah, well, you know, and I know like Mitch Unrein thinking about him. He ended up. Yeah. I don't know if he was actually recruited by CSU. Yeah, I just uh, my yeah. only story on that, and I don't know how much time we have, but Marty English, who had connections, of course, with CSU, yeah. uh, Wyoming, and UNC. Yep. I was interviewing him one time while he was the defensive coordinator for the Bears here in Greeley, and uh, a rejoin. You know, how we do those rejoins. Yep. A rejoin for Mitch Unrein comes in that says, "Hey, it's Mitch Unrein of the Denver Broncos. You're listening to the whole show." Marty took his headset off and just looked at me like, "What the." Why would you do that? And so my guess was he tried to 
perhaps recruit him to CSU and then there's so many fascinating stories because you know everyone loves again looking at the number of Colorado kids in Wyoming well of course they're going to recruit there's not a ton of talent in Wyoming just in sheer numbers so Colorado is basically in-state recruiting for Wyoming right yeah they're so close it's yeah yeah, it's it's the same same you know background all right kevin let's bust through this got a couple of minutes left of the program let's look at some scores or some of the big games yep. at least that uh that we like in the mountain west conference and some really important games for sure yep. uh we'll save colorado state and wyoming for last how about air force do they they're they're 18 and a half point favorites uh, against rb they, they should win the game obviously i think they'll cruise do they cover that though again that's that that's that crazy i say thing. no yeah that's high for them I, yeah they did but they'll win comfortably they did cover against navy but that was because Navy went for yeah. two and didn't get it. So I'm with you. I don't think they cover. I just don't. 18 and a half is a lot. Uh, how about UNLV New Mexico? UNLV on the road is favored by 10. They need this win. Yeah, I think they do that. UNLV, they cover 10? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go right there. I'm just going to copy and paste, man. Uh, let's see. Any big one? Oh, obviously the Boise State Fresno. Yeah, that's State. huge. I mean, that's another like massive as far as Fresno's conference two and a half, style game. Minus two and a half. That's in in Boise. Uh, that's in, in Fresno. Fresno. Yeah. Ooh, Fresno wins that. Mm-hmm. Win and cover. Mm. Boise's flawed. That and that two QB system's a disaster. Like I know they have spots of success, like last week. But you know what? Just to be different, I'll just say Boise State wins. Fair enough. I'll say they it win. Could, I, I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll but just, I, I I just I, don't trust them. I don't either. But every time I I believe in Boise, they let me down. Every yeah. time I don't, they smoke yep. Wyoming. All right, Colorado State, Wyoming. Wyoming is the favorite, five and a half by five and a half here. Can the Rams do what they haven't done since 2020 and do what they don't do very often, and that's beat the Wyoming Cowboys, at least as of late? I've had a feeling all week that this is going to be a really tight game, a final five minutes game, maybe even a last couple possessions game. I hope it is because those are fun. But I'm in... Logic says CSU has to flip these at some point, but I'm in I'll believe it when I see it mode. I need to see it. So I'll say Wyoming wins, but because I'm saying it's so close, I'm going to say a CSU cover. I would have easily said Wyoming's winning this thing, covering all that stuff, if it wouldn't have been for last week. Now suddenly I'm a little concerned. I mean, they're down. They're talking to Cody Tucker. They're down there. So... I'm going to say CSU. I'm going to say CSU wins this game. All right. I'm going to say they win it. All right. Yeah, we'll see. There maybe you go. Was, maybe the, the boot run got me motivated, man. <laughs> You're fired that 530 a.m. <laughs> got you fired up. Kevin, great job as always, my man. Uh, check out the Colorado one for all of your Border War content. This has been Rams Weekly on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKF.